podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Azerbaijan IFL TV proudly sponsored by Everlast. Delighted to be here for my first time. Uh, Boxer HQ with me, Ben Chalon. Ben, firstly, thank you for having me here. Uh, how are we doing? Very well. Obviously, um, busy weekend, so it's sometimes good. The week after in the office after an event is a, is a good week because you could, you've not usually not got an event back-to-back means you can get in and plan and it's a, a good week. Ben, I know obviously yourself based in Manchester, a lot of members of your team are actually based in the north. What was kind of the reason behind having a kind of a HQ and office down here in London? You know what? I have resisted moving to moving down for so long. I still have. I still go back every every weekend. Um, but it's just that every, everything's down here. Broadcasters, sponsors, it's most of the team. And so reluctantly, we have to we have to work from down here now. But um, yeah, I still I still live in Manchester. I love the way you use the word reluctantly. What's so bad about London? You know what? I think it's the same with anyone from. I think from the north or from different places, it just it, it's too much London, and I think by the time by the time you leave, I think you're happy to leave. It's just too like I, every time we I come down here and have a week down here, I'm I'm glad to get home, and I just I, I wouldn't I think I wouldn't want to be down here permanently. I think it's different if you if you if you're from London, um, but yeah, for me, I'm I'm a Manchester guy, so. That's what it is. Well, your last show was in Manchester. Uh, your newest signing, Lawrence Sokoli, made his debut with Boxer and returned to Sky Sports. Um, overall, assessment of Lawrence uh, on Saturday night? Look, he will be disappointed. And I said that on, um, on the night. He wanted to make a statement. He wanted to make a knockout. And he sort of made the headlines for, for the wrong reasons. He'll see. He still made the headlines. But he made the headlines um, without the statement that he wanted. Um, but 30 months out of the ring, it was never the opponent that we wanted. It was a mandatory. We didn't necessarily plan for it. And um, it was always going to be a tough, tough guy, a tough night against a tough guy. And everyone that I spoke to, because we, we, we didn't know too much about him, said he's going to have to do a lot to knock David Light out. Never seen it in sparring, never seen it anywhere. And he did. And I thought he got, out, got him out of there three times. But as I say... Uh, main thing is he's still world champion main thing is he gets through that so we can now see the fights that we want to see and as a fan that was always the plan we sign fighters that we think have the we have the fights for that we can deliver for that we can make the big nights with and Lawrence is is the star of the cruiserweight division and some big nights to come so yeah for me yeah it was uh it won't it wasn't what he wanted but as I say, it sets up everything, and that was the main thing. He was quite critical of himself after the, after the fight in the post-fight kind of press conference that we did. He's done some stuff on Sky as well, where he spoke about you know his performance and kind of wanted to almost showcase, come back and, and knock the opponent out, almost the best way for someone like Cody. So, how's his mind frame and, and kind of state at the moment after all of that? Listen, he is he is uh, unbelievable. Like it doesn't it doesn't phase him. He feels he's born to do it. He's a world champion for a reason, and he's just straight away he's out and he's calling people out. And I think, um, yeah, incredible in the media. It doesn't let him affect him. And for him, it, I felt sorry for him in a way that he was never meant to headline on his first fight. That was, his mandatory was going to go on the Taylor Catrell undercard, and he was going to have a nice sort of a back active fight. And then we couldn't even get him out in London, which is where he wanted to headline because of the clashes and this and that. Didn't want to clash. Ends up headlining in Manchester, where he's got no connection to whatsoever, in a toughest fight that was never going to be absolutely bang on pretty for him. 
and um, and yeah, so I felt like he, he he had the cards stacked against him that we never expected at the start. We had to put on the complete show that was never intended for there. That was pretty much the Taylor Catrell undercard on a show in Manchester, no connection to it. And so um, yeah, I think to be honest, there was a lot that he had to deal with and the pressure. And not making excuses, but the, the the scrutiny, the change of trainer, the change of everything, the change of broadcaster. That's a lot of changes for a fighter at that at that stage of his career. And and, and the first fight being a world title defence couldn't have any more pressure. If he, you know, in terms of one false move, one few bad rounds, and he's lost his world title. So look, it wasn't the statement performance. It wasn't what he wanted, but because of how much he'll now learn about where his fitness is at, all that. If, if as Selfishly, not as a fan, selfishly, for him to have that moment and have those 12 rounds and have that scrutiny in this fight means that means that he's now, now ready for the fights to come and it was always about just getting through. Well, let's not dwell too much on the past and look forward to the to the future. He did obviously an interview on Sky, as I mentioned, and he clearly said he's ready for React Ball next. He clearly said that Chris Billum-Smith, who has a date, I believe May 27th in Bournemouth, he'll happily jump in. So with Chris Billum-Smith's opponent yet to be announced, we're not sure yet. Uh, what is the situation? What is the play and what are you going to do? Look, press conference Tuesday, they all want to fight each other. They've all said that. We've got, it's just literally deciding who's who. We, we think we've decided now. Um, and it's, it's exciting because it's what the fans want to see. And as a fight fan, that's why you get excited. Um, and there's so many hidden storylines between Chris, between Richard, between Lawrence and, and the other world titles as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. And as I say, Lawrence got through a night that was very difficult that now creates something very special. Billiam Smith has had his night against Isaac Chamberlain, has had that December knockout that no one saw coming. Has had Richard Riappos developed incredibly from when we first seen him to now pretty much being able to deliver him a world title fight. That's one of our proudest achievements, Richard Riappor, and um, he gets, he, he'll be looking at his big night with Lawrence O'Carroll as well. So, yeah, it's all three of them are poised now for world titles for each other, and, yeah, we'll announce on, on, on Tuesday what's next. When you say Tuesday, is that referring to who's Chris Billum-Smith's next opponent? Correct, yeah. Who, who, what, the next, what the next fight is in that, in that sort of triangle. Anything else you can give me? Before Tuesday? No, I think, um, as I say, what's good about Tuesday is every fighter is signed up to fight everyone. So it's, it's like, you, you, for the first time, for me as a boxing fan, I know what fights I'm going to get. I know if he beats him, I'm going to get that. I know if he loses him, I'm going to get that. And that's always what you want in boxing, sometimes what you can't do. And if you don't have all the fighters... You can't, you can't do that. And so, yeah, it's, it's good for Lawrence, for Richard and Chris. They're getting what they wanted, which was they all want to fight for a world title. They all want to take that and have that chance. They're all going to get it. And um, that's, that's, that's a great feeling. OK, well, we look forward to the press conference on Tuesday. Um, strong rumours uh, across social media platforms, uh, and I believe there'll be an announcement next week, tomorrow actually, that Jack Cattrall has left Boxer. Uh, and will be joining uh, Matchroom Boxing. Uh, could you just make any comments on, obviously, how that relationship ended? Why did it end? And kind of what was your role in, in did you want to keep Jack or not keep Jack, etc.? Well, it was difficult. Jack's a friend, and we wanted to make the Taylor fight for him after what happened. I wasn't even his promoter last night. I was, that night, I was just couldn't believe 
couldn't believe what went on. And um, so we tried and we tried. And we managed to get him as a free agent to try and get that fight. And, and for whatever reason, Josh has decided to fight Teofimo. And for us, he spent that long out the ring. We're not, we can hold on to people if we think it, but if it's not right for them, and, and I hope this goes across the board, and I hope every promoter could see how we behave in this situation because we could be, anyone can be difficult in situations like this. If you can't, or if your fighter can't be a priority, for whatever reason, we're all, we do what our broadcaster wants. Every promoter wants to li deliver for their broadcaster, and the broadcaster has certain priorities. And uh, it got to the stage where, after, for, as I say, for us, Josh Taylor was, was the fight. And um, for me, he needs to be active, Jack. He has to be active and he has to get um, his opportunities and, and, and hopefully achieve what he should have achieved 12 months ago, 18 months ago now. It's ridiculous how inactive he, he, he is. And yeah, I feel, I feel, anyone to go what he's, what he's gone through and then not even get the rematch at the right time, hopefully one day he will. Um, but yeah, for us, it's, a, it's about activity and, and we, yeah, we're... we're we, would never hold a fighter back from from activity. Ultimately, did did you try to retain him? Did you try to look at solutions on potential fights? And we know he wants those biggest fights out there. So was it about not being able to get those biggest fights for him? It's more money, if I'm honest. We have a limited budget. We have to spend it in the areas that we can, and it's finite. And we've signed a lot of fighters on different. We signed Jack for the Josh Taylor fight. So when that comes, then we have to make a completely different decision. Can we, are we the best place for Jack outside of that Josh Taylor fight? And money and budgets mean every promoter has to focus on, 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 on the fighters that, are, that, they, that they've got plans for, that the broadcaster has plans for, and, and that's what it comes down to sometimes. And uh, yeah, we've, had to, we've made a lot of signings recently that, that require a lot of attention. And if someone else can give proper attention, proper activity to certain fighters. And it will always depend on, as I say, budgets, priorities of the broadcaster, things like that. And that's why I think boxing can be a great place. There's so much competition now for fighters from different broadcasters that there's always a home. If people are sensible, you don't need to leave fighters on a shelf if they can go and get work elsewhere. And uh, that's all it is. And I want the best for Jack. And I want him to get active and... Uh, He's had a difficult career so far. Ultimately, have you kind of mutually agreed to kind of terminate? And but still on good terms. We've obviously seen obviously when Eddie Hearn and Cody kind of uh, split. There was a lot of back and forth, a lot of bad talk between both. So are you on, on still on good terms? Soon as a fighter doesn't want to be, or it's not even that actually. He wanted us to say we're going to fight him this month, and then we're going to fight him, and then we got this big fight, and then we got that. We can't. Uh, we are focused on, on, on other things because it's commitments we've already made. And as I say, Josh Taylor was our commitment and it, for whatever reason that will work itself out. But yeah, no, I, I want the best for Jack. And as soon as um, there's an opportunity for any fighter, you know, if we're not doing, if we can't do what we want to do or we don't have the time and the resource, then um, yeah, never stand in the way. And uh, yeah, I, I actually got to know Jack and, and, and the people around him, and he's a, he's, a, he's a top boy. And I really desperately hope he succeeds. Another rumour um, stated online, Sonny Edwards, another fighter, looking to move to Matchroom. Uh, again, there's a press conference tomorrow before the Joshua weigh-in, so I'm surely 
these two fighters, Jack and, and Sonny, they're, they're the rumours that will be announced tomorrow. So what do you make of Sonny joining Matchroom? Yeah, I mean, with Parabellum, I think. And, yeah, fair enough. I think, to be honest, there's a lot of movement right now, a lot of things going on. And um, good luck to him, good luck to every fighter. I think Sonny's an unbelievable fighter and just needs activity and just needs the right platform, which he's always probably never had. So, yeah, good on him. And hopefully he gets the fights that we've been waiting for, the unifications, and, um, yeah, hopefully he gets that. Just moving away, uh, I pestered you with this question last week. Chris Rubin, Junior, Liam Smith, when are we expecting it? You did say to me that it was close, it was done, you had to deal with Wasserman. Just explain, so he had a date to initiate and activate the rematch clause. They did that. Now there's talks about Eubank Jr. and Conor Ben, which we'll come to. Liam Smith is, was very frustrated last week because he wants a date as well. He mentioned your name and said, I'm going to get my team on, Ben Shalom and Boxer, to get my date sorted. How long do Wasserman have if they've activated that rematch clause to initiate then the fight? Yeah, so when you have a... We, didn't, we never actually wanted the rematch. We wanted to move on. Um, but before we did the fight, we had to agree to one. I think everyone remembers that. It was like, why? I remember Liam's, why have you got a rematch clause, this and that, if you're so confident, 50%. And, um, and we had to do it. And then we got the notification that, we, that the rematch clause had been activated. And that means all the terms have been activated. It's already contracted. So that means we then have to go to Liam and, and activate his terms and option. And it means that... Um, we couldn't do any other thing with Liam. That was this was the next fight. This is what we have to do. I think we have to deliver the fight. I'm not going to go into confidential details, but within a, within a certain time frame, we've communicated when that's going to be. And uh, yeah, I'm, we, we're confused a little bit by the situation because we were the ones that told we have to deliver the rematch. And so, in our eyes, that's what's going to happen. Obviously, when there's big money involved and big offers to certain fighters. They're going to look to make maybe the steals that can be done, and that's what happens in boxing sometimes. But as I say, we didn't put in the rematch clause. We didn't activate the rematch. We're just the ones that have to deliver it, and that's how we, we got Liam Smith the opportunity in the first place. So when Eddie Hearn comes out and says that Chris Eubank Jr. can earn two or three times the amount uh, fighting Conor Ben in Abu Dhabi, June the 3rd, that's the target date. The talk was Pacquiao, Broner, Brooke, but it looks like now it's Chris Eubank Jr. So what, what happens on your side now? Those are the strong rumours. Are you now going back to Wasserman saying what is going on? Because those rumours are very strong. What's your play in this? That's exactly what we're saying. I leave it to my team, to be honest, stuff like that. And they'll just work out what's going on. Um, and, yeah, I think it's a question for Wasserman. And them, they're the ones with a contract with Eubank. We don't have a contract with Eubank. We were just told contractually we have to deliver the rematch. So let's see. Look, things change every day. So it's like one day we might be talking about this fight, then the next day we're talking about another fight and another opportunity. So, um, yeah, let's see. Um, and, yeah, we'll, um, hopefully things work out. A lot of people in the sport box are not happy the fact that Conor Ben is going to fight abroad. Uh, everyone wants Conor Ben to go through the process and, and obviously clear his name with the board, with UCAD. Further, people are now saying if Chris Eubank Jr. goes and fights, he shouldn't be doing that. He should be protecting the, the principles of boxing. The board have come out and said they're not going to allow Chris Eubank to fight on his British licence. Obviously, he could just go and fight on an overseas licence, but 
it's getting quite complicated and it seems like there's a lot of loopholes that people are trying to find to, to, to have these fights in a, in a different territory. You know what? When I first came into the sport, even way before the Sky deal, I promised myself, and it's so difficult, I always remain a fan and not to get involved. And I found myself getting involved and being goaded and, 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 when, and being brought into conversation I don't want to be in. And I'm sometimes thinking, how... That's not, you know, that's not what you want to do. But for something like this, for me, the fact that this is even a consideration and people think that this is a bit of a laugh and a joke, and I'm not, again, pointing fingers, it's just the fact of the matter is, how can a fighter that's failed drugs tests just find a way to not be punished and then go and fight where anyone else? And maybe he doesn't need to be punished. Maybe there is a reason. But this is the one sport I can think of, if it is even a sport anymore. The one sport, look at cycling, Lance Armstrong. Do you think if a runner in Beijing can, can, can be disqualified or do, have something and then can go and fight in Paris four, four years later because it's in a different place? This is, this is ridiculous. And I think we live in a global world now and this is exposing the sport for everything that it is whoever's trying to push it for me is completely wrong and, and makes a mockery of the sport that's one that's that's whoever's and and it was the same on the week and the fight week when the was like how do we find a way around the board's ruling this is just this exactly the same but this much time later and we're seeing exactly how it plays out and yes money's big and it's hard to resist but and that's where you need a sport there has to be a world governing body of some description, whether it's to cover health and safety, drug, te- drug cheats, all that stuff. If you don't have that, then you can forget it. Why would a fighter that's thinking, look at the drug problems we've had in US boxing. Why would a fighter see this situation? They're going to be encouraged. Never mind discouraged, because if something happens, then they can just go and fight somewhere else. We're in the global world all on the same time zone. And I think the broadcasters are probably the ones that need to be like, this isn't, this is, we, we, we're doing a lot of good for the sport and we're investing in the sport, but this is a step too far because it's two UK fighters, let's make no mistake about it, on a UK time zone via UK broadcasters. It's just, it's, un, it's, it's unbelievable how little anyone wants to care. And fair enough, it do numbers and, and this and that, and maybe because it is a bit of a freak show now because of, because of the whole situation, but yeah, I think nothing against Connor. He might well be innocent, but how is this, how is this the the right thing to do? But even saying that, it's just screaming now for a world governing body, screaming like this is so ridiculous. I don't even know what what is. It's crazy that we're even in this position and people think it's normal. That's probably how it shows how far the sport has come now, to the edge of just craziness where anything goes that this can happen and it's pretty dark actually it's pretty dark ultimately if Chris Ruben Jr. did fight Conor Ben you, you would be upset for the sake for the sake of, of the sport of boxing that Chris has decided to just relinquish maybe his license or just move away from the board's guidance and, and have that fight with Conor Ben it shouldn't be left in Chris Ruben Jr.'s hands to decide what's safe for the sport and what's right for the sport he's there to make a living and he's just and he he was the one that trained eight 
weeks or 12 weeks getting down to a weight he should have never been at for a fight that never happened in a fight that he could have really had a problem with so don't leave the decision of what's right for boxing in a fighter's hands that's nothing to do with Eubank and he should do whatever's best for him the fact that it can even get to this stage and the fact that there isn't an authority to stop it from happening how can someone not go through due process after that how can you not go through a process and just unbelievable, genuinely unbelievable. I'm smiling because it's so crazy and, and it's almost like normal now. It's become normalised in the box, in sport of boxing and people used to talk so badly in boxing about drug cheats all the time. And I'm not, again, don't know if Connor is, but he's not been through a process. So how are we then now at this stage in 2023 where it's now, it's now normal? Weird. Weird. Colin Hart, Gareth A. Davis and others um, spoke about the same thing. You know, we need a world boxing kind of organisation, a committee. How does that even work though, Ben? First of all, the British Boxing Board control whatever things might be saying about them are the, probably the most, or if not one of the most, but the most respected governing body medically in the whole world. So if they're saying something, the rest of the commission should follow. And I know a lot of the high respect, highly respected ones in Europe and in, the, in, North, in North America will do that. But all it takes is one place. They could go and do it in, uh, in Mongolia or wherever. It doesn't matter where it is when it's, when it's broadcasted and the country's paying for it. It happens by all the governing bodies signing up to a thing, all the commissions. And it's not hard. It's not, it's not uh, controversial to sign up to, for... for drug testing and to sign up for medicals and how things are going to be run from that perspective not difficult at all and probably British Board are probably one of the the best places to lead it from they're a leading leading authority in that field so yeah I, I, look I'd be amazed if and I'm probably going to regret saying this if or if this actually goes and also very concerned I think um, as a fan it just brings everything into question. Can you imagine the media attention and what people will be saying and what people will be asking? That's our, that's the sport. No other sport you'd even dream of it. Well, we look forward to the next couple of days, Ben, if, if it does get announced because June 3rd is not far away. Just before I finish, um, obviously, I know you've got um, Poland coming up. Then you've got, obviously, Boatsy. Obviously, Tyler Denny's obviously been announced for that as well. You've got Billum Smith, 27, Adam on the 10th York Hall. Any further shows? Yes, big news for Savannah Marshall next week. Massive, massive, massive fight. Um, so we can announce that. Obviously, Chris Billings-Smith um, as well. Adam Azim's opponent, which just shows where we're going with him. Level that we're going to. Callum Simpson will be back out. We're just amazed. There's Ben Whitaker's back. Fraser Clark back out. Um, Caroline Dubois back in Poland as well with Babic and should be doing a press conference soon I think um, yeah it's going to be a busy busy few weeks and uh, Tyler Denny Tyler Denny has got an absolute dream homecoming in Birmingham and it reminds me of like the obviously Tyler's lost a few times but it, Tyler reminds me a bit of the Dan Aziz story but he's had to do it even with even more around the houses and had losses so Massive homecoming for him with Ben Whitaker on that card and obviously uh, topped by Joshua Boazzi. But yeah, it's going to be a few 
good fights to be announced next week and um, a busy schedule and actually looking forward to AJ this weekend who's looking in a different uh, mind frame and that's always good for boxing um, because he really was the one that set the fire you know for me he was the one that really exploded British boxing and it's good to see him back and actually really like looks good with Derek James looks like he's in the zone obviously the talking will have to be done in the ring but it's good to see the AJ that we all know back and excited about and that's what we want that's what I get excited about as a fan like what I sometimes forget that when you're so involved it's hard to remember why you got involved and I'm just trying to enjoy that now and, and yeah Anthony Joshua this weekend is a big success story for British boxing regardless of who he's fighting and what the fact that he's back with all that money in the bank when he doesn't need to fight he's back on Saturday night and I think it'll be a good good show Ben appreciate your time as always and yeah we'll see you Tuesday uh, at the Chris Billum Smith press conference cheers bro thank you Ben Shalom IFL TV thank you very much Sports Social Podcast Network